0: Okay, now on to the message. (laughs) Um, So as we're going to Corinthians, the way my my mind works is I like to kind of understand a bit of the, I like to visualise things a little bit (laughs) and I like to understand a little bit the context about what we're dealing with. So in Corinthians, um, there's a map. Can you see that? Hopefully you can see that. And we've got Corinth uh, just sitting in there kind of off to the middle of just off to the left and what is greece today i had my google map open yesterday just to because my geography is not that great (laughs) well so i was out just checking things and i hadn't actually realized that see greece it has this kind of weird shape to it can you see how it kind of goes down towards Corinth, and you would actually almost think that wee bit that big bit down the bottom isn't connected but it has this kind of narrow connection path via athens this kind of corridor that takes what they call mainland Greece which is at the top and it connects it through this wee corridor to this area in which Corinth was interesting isn't it and then you see off to the right there this big area called Galatia which is modern day Turkey and you can see there as well the various places mentioned in books of the Bible churches that were formed in Ephesus you can see Colossae there if you squint your eyes (laughs) you can see Philippi Church in Thessalonica you can see it as well. It's good, isn't it? Just a wee visualization, and then where it sits in relation to Israel and Jerusalem on the right-hand side. Now, Paul, the apostle Paul, converted. Original name Saul went from persecuting the Christian church to an apostle called and set apart by God. Stopped literally on his tracks at the road of Damascus, and Jesus said, "It's I, you're persecuting Paul." And Paul had Anna, an eye-opening experience, didn't he? He had an encounter with the living Christ and he realized that his faith needed massively adjusted. He had to accept that Jesus was indeed the coming Messiah. And what was he called to do? He was called to preach to the Gentiles, but he also preached to the Jews, which was his own heritage. Amen. So you had this persecutor, this guy coming against the church. Jesus, in his compassion and grace, stops him in his tracks. He repents. He repents. He has faith in Jesus, and then he, he gets sent out in various missionary journeys. On here is um, just an outline of the various missionary journeys he went on. And I'd encourage you as we do this series in Corinthians, I'll be doing the same, but we need to work at things as Christians, you know. Um, it's not a one-way preach. But if you get in and stu- maybe study these passages in acts and get familiar with the, the areas where Paul is moving around and also have a read through Corinthians as well and as we work through uh, one Corinthians you you'll we'll be on the same page together but if we move in I'll leave this for slide up but I've not got it on the screen but I'm going to move back to Acts chapter 18 and just read it really as a context to what happened when Paul came to Corinth in his missionary journey so Acts 18 verse one after this Paul left Athens and went to Corinth There he met a jew named aquila a native of pontus who had recently come from italy with his wife priscilla because claudius had ordered all the jews to leave rome paul went to see them and because he was a tent maker as they were he stayed and worked with them just stop there for a minute so an interesting connection made there isn't there of believers who actually had the same trade and you know you think of paul as the the apostle and of course he was and the evangelist and the church planter but you know he had a secular job not surprising you know sometimes we think full-time ministry might mean you have to leave your day-to-day job that pays the bills but there's Paul being a tent maker I find that a bit encouraging because sometimes I ask the Lord why (laughs) I'm in a demanding job and somebody reminded me recently it was john leach i don't mind saying that but john leach said don't worry paul was also <laughs> a tech maker and had to make his own trade and his own living so just a, a connection made in work in business but a connection made between aquila and priscilla and paul in the ministry so the lord brought these people together in this place at corinth and paul had a strategy you know you don't teach people about jesus with by saying nothing and doing nothing and paul had targeted areas he targeted the synagogues every sabbath he reasoned with he reasoned in the synagogues trying to persuade the jews and the greeks so he got out there he got risky he took an opportunity to take a a, a slot to speak in the synagogue and he went for it amen so just like i'm talking about god might give us opportunities here in moody's we go oh lord maybe it's too difficult But if he's in it, and he's called us to do it, we can move into it. Paul was sure about his calling, so therefore he worked out his calling by being obedient to the Lord, getting to the synagogue, trying to persuade the Jews and the Greeks. Silas and Timothy came from Macedonia. Once they did that, Paul devoted himself exclusively to preaching, testifying to the Jews that Jesus was the Christ. But the Jews opposed Paul and became abusive. He shook out his clothes in protest and said to them, your blood be on your own heads. I am clear of my responsibility. From now on, I will go to the Gentiles. So that's a sad situation, isn't it? You know, More help comes to Paul in the mission field from Silas and Timothy from Macedonia. Paul plows himself heart and soul into ministering to, uh, to the Jews and to the Gentiles, but the Jews oppose him and become abusive to him. So now he says, I'll focus on speaking to the Gentiles. Then Paul left the synagogue and went next door to the house of Titus, Justice, a worshiper of God, Crispus, the synagogue ruler, and his entire household believed in the Lord. And many Corinthians who heard him believed and were baptized. So he went next door to Titus, Justice, a worshiper of God. We don't know the background, but somebody who's been saved, believed in Jesus. And then we hear that Crispus, Crispus, who was the synagogue leader, many's entire household had believed in the Lord. Amen. The leader of the synagogue believing in the Lord. And his entire household. And many of the Corinthians who heard him believed and were baptized. So although you see a roadblock there, and you know, we are living in a society, we'd actually it would actually um it's very controversial to 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 speak about sometimes but it's true the gospel has been shut down in our society right now left right and center I saw a video of a preacher out in a place in Birmingham an older man and he was preaching the gospel as far as I can tell and he was forcibly removed by police officers just a few weeks ago and he was saying what arm I'm gonna do to anybody I'm not blocking any pathway but you know that kind of persecution existed in these days so we shouldn't lose heart it wasn't easy for paul paul was persecuted paul was beaten numerous times paul was thrown out of cities and towns but did he give up no because he had a calling and he couldn't run away from his calling we'll talk about our calling as we move into one corinthians because that's really what i want to focus on i'm just reading this for context so that we know about Paul's mission into Corinth. So it was challenging, but it was successful. The mission was challenging. There was roadblocks and difficulty, but it was successful. People were being saved. Households were being saved. Many were being saved. And they were believing and being baptized. And then you might think, well, Paul might be feeling discouraged at this point, so the Lord gives him a boost. You ever felt that way, that you're just thinking, Lord, this thing you've called me to do i just don't know if i can do it and then the lord just comes and speaks somehow to you through a scripture like uncle sandy shared sometimes it's just a confirmation some something he's saying to you verse 9 one night the lord spoke to paul in a vision do not be afraid keep on speaking do not be silent for i am with you and no one is going to attack and harm you because i have many people in this city wow it's powerful isn't it one well, day the lord spoke to paul in a vision don't be afraid because it's a fearful thing if you step out in public and you're open to persecution and abuse and even physical hurt and pain lord speaking very direct, direct to paul saying don't be afraid keep on speaking don't be silent i'm with you and i'll protect you from attack and harm for i have many people in this city how many people do you think god has in relation to faith in Jesus, how many people do you think he has in Britishsburg? We don't know that number, but I would suggest it's a higher number than you think. And that I think. I spoke to a man in the street this morning who describes himself coming from a Catholic background. He seems to express a faith in Jesus, but you might not realize it unless you go into a conversation with him like that. How many people has God spoken to in Moody's Burn, and we've not known it? And He's calling us to evangelise and to declare the name of Jesus and the gospel because He's got many people here who will join with us, who will help. So Paul stayed for a year and a half and was obedient. And there goes the introduction. And <laughs> we're now getting to 1 Corinthians chapter one so Paul writes the church in Corinth this would have been some time afterwards around about AD 59 probably probably when Paul had moved on from Corinth and had went into uh, Ephesus just to give you some context there were problems in the church in Corinth and there appears to have been communications going back and forward not all of them are what you read in the 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 word of god but there's communication and you don't need to go far into one corinthians chapter one just after verse nine and you start to read about there are difficulties there are divisions there is sin in the church but paul doesn't start that way paul starts with a very encouraging positional message to this church in corinth talking to them about his position in christ talking to them about their position in christ talking to them about their calling so I find that interesting, and I also find it to be the way the Lord would want us to to be. So he says, Paul, called to be an apostle of Christ, Jesus, by the will of God, and our brother Sosthenes. One part I didn't read at the end of that, there is another Jewish synagogue leader that's mentioned in Acts 18. His name was Sosthenes, and Sosthenes was also uh, subject to persecution towards the end of that wee passage. Acts 18. We don't know if it's the same Sosthenes, but it would be wonderful if it was a converted uh, synagogue leader. And Paul, what is he referring to? His positional calling in Christ Jesus. And then he refers to the church. He says, To the church of God in Corinth. When we trust in Christ, it's not supposed to be an isolated experience, is it? We individually trust in Jesus Christ, but when multiple people uh, believe in Jesus Christ in a geographical area, they're called the Church of God in Corinth, in Moody's Amen? And you know, God recognizes a collection of believers who trust in Christ meeting together in a geographical place as a church and then of course organization comes on top of that just as the church grows and needs that amen so one of the things that's been really difficult in this lockdown has been this isolation it's really been painful hasn't it and i want to be really transparent with you today i've not found this easy and i'm sure you have not found this easy because we've been isolated from family members we've been isolated from people who are sick that we want to care for we've been isolated from each other and we need each other we need personal contact we need fellowship we need community we're not designed to live as an island so there's something about this experience while it's been necessary to fight a pandemic it's not been healthy in many ways and praise god for technology but we can't stay there on technology Amen. So all the more now when we get an opportunity, let's embrace loving one another. Let's embrace just the simple opportunity to meet in the hall here or online and be able to serve one another and be a church together. The church of God. To those sanctified, sanctified just really means you're set apart. You're rescued, as it says in Colossians. Believers in Christ are rescued where? From the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. We are set apart from the kingdom of darkness. We're no longer destined for hell and punishment. We're destined for heaven. And the kingdom we're in the kingdom of light. So if you're a, a Christian, if you've ever trusted Jesus Christ as your Savior, you're set apart. You're out of the darkness, the kingdom of darkness, and you're in to the kingdom of light. Are you encouraged by that? That's your spiritual position. That's the facts of the matter. Set apart and called to be his holy people. The outworking of God in our lives by his spirit should produce holiness. And you don't need to go far in the New Testament to read all the things that you realize you don't have in abundance. Like patience. Amen. I once heard Kenny Borthwick talking about patience and he says he struggles with patience and I was thinking to myself if Kenny Borthwick struggles with patience I really struggle with patience <laughs> but there's always a journey as a Christian isn't there we're never at that perfected state but the Lord's transforming us by his spirit and by his grace so it's important to know that positionally where we are as it says there we're saved by his grace Um, God's working on us and he's called us to be an obedient people, to be holy, to outwork in our life something which is a, a good testimony for God, an obedient testimony for, for God, both so that that may encourage each other as we are a holy people together, but also that it might witness and testify to a community that's lost, that's living in, in darkness. What do they see when they look at us? Do they see people who are set apart and living as holy people that's a challenge to me it's a challenge to us all for the Lord as he continues to work with us and also although we're a church geographically in this area we're also together with all of those everywhere who call in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ dear Lord and ours so when you become a Christian Yes, you should you absolutely should be part of a local fellowship in a geographical area. Amen. Be part of the ch- local church of God, but you're also called to be part of the global church of God. You're you're when you're transferred into that kingdom of light, you're in the church. You're in G- you're in Jesus, you're saved. And all of those everywhere who call in the name of the Lord we've got new beginnings church or ministry across in Argentina that we we have connected with here we've had previous and other ministries that we have quite strong connections with as a church but beyond that on Wednesday night we were praying for the whole of the Muslim world and we were praying for the peace of Israel and we were praying for local things all in the one prayer meeting isn't that wonderful and the Lord moves through the prayers of his people So we're not isolated far from it as christians we are connected with god and we're connected with believers all over the world moving on i'll not be too long now I'll be glad to one thing that always i think comes across from paul is his heart of love towards other believers i don't know if you've found that but i, I certainly find in his way of talking he talks about i have you in my heart In other scriptures he talks about I pray for you continually he just expresses his love he expresses the fact that he's holding like these people these people are not a mission to him these church believers are not a project this is his family this is very much i have you in my heart i always thank my god for you because of the grace given you in christ jesus so there you see god's God has promised things to us, many, many promises. And one of the main ones is when you trust in Jesus Christ as your Savior, it's a gift of grace. You've got a promise of grace. Amen? It's by grace you're saved through faith, not by works. So we can always thank god for one another regardless of the circumstances or the difficulties or indeed the sin or the conflict that's happening amongst believers we can always thank god for the grace of forgiveness the grace of salvation poured out on all of us amen good way to pray a good way to think for in him you have been enriched in every way with all kinds of speech and with all knowledge so he's saying there you know as a church god doesn't leave you powerless in jesus he gives you his spirit he empowers you with gifts with knowledge through his word and through his spirit he's enriched you he's provided for you ephesians one says we've been given every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms in christ jesus what does that mean that's a question but it means wonderful blessings in christ Need to work itself in us, and God is confirming our testimony about Christ among you because you know why? Because there are transformed lives. There are people being saved. There's people whose lives have been changed in the church in Corinth, just like there is here in New Beginnings. Amen. Your testimony is the evidence of God's work. It's powerful. We're going to include a testimony next Sunday night, and I said that's good because there's nothing more powerful than somebody standing up and saying. This is how Jesus has transformed my life. Testimony, it's evidence, change lives, change speech, change knowledge. All these things were all happening through God's power and grace in the church at Corinth. So he's saying, therefore, you don't lack anything. You don't lack any spiritual gift as you wait for the Lord Jesus to come back again. Do you ever feel that you lack something? things in life lack ability to do things have you ever felt inadequate no (laughs) I do I I feel inadequate actually actually for some reason this week that word inadequate was in my mind a lot and I shared it with somebody who was praying for me and he said that we're all inadequate without Christ (laughs) so we're all in the same club um that sometimes that natural sense of I can't do this Lord I'm not good enough I don't have the gift I don't have the ability but the truth of the matter is in Christ in his plan we don't lack any spiritual gifts that we need in the church or individually and Paul talks about it later on in Corinthians as well in terms of how those gifts should be used and what they are so that's the promise of God's grace promise that we don't lack any spiritual gift and also god's promise that he'll keep us to the end sometimes the christian life can feel as if we're the ones working at it yeah because we're used to working for things we work to earn our wages don't we we work to end favor we work at relationships in order to get people to like us we're used to working for things But this is an upside down situation because of god's love for us first because he set his son first i need to work but i have to believe don't work for my salvation i believe in it and receive it and i also don't work to keep my salvation that's a very important truth once you're saved you're always saved who believes that It's a very important truth. Once you're saved, you're saved by grace and you're kept by grace. Not by works. So don't wait till you're five or ten years down the Christian path and say, Lord, I've just messed all this stuff up. I've fallen out of your grace. I've fallen out of salvation. It doesn't happen. I'm emphasising that point because sometimes that can be a struggle for believers where we, we just lose our way in the faith. Because we think we can somehow fall out of salvation i don't believe that it's possible if you've truly believed in christ so applying this to our situation just now it's not been an easy time has it it's not going to be easy but it wasn't easy back in the day at corinth that society in corinth was corrupt it worshiped all sorts of idols and gods sexual immorality was rife had infiltrated the church the church was becoming polluted by sin there were serious issues happening just like there are serious issues infiltrating the church of jesus christ in scotland now today this is not new that's the way sin operates it finds a way in but god's on the throne and he has a plan and a purpose for his people and his church most importantly he's able to keep us individually blameless until the day of christ jesus because why because he is faithful not because we are faithful because he is and he's called us and saved us into fellowship with his son jesus christ our lord so i do pray that you'll be encouraged by this i think we desperately need encouragement as all believers do at all times encouragement comes first in corinthians then comes a challenge to make adjustments and repent of certain things. But you have to come from a place of faith first. Otherwise, you're just going to be bowled right over, aren't you? If somebody comes to you as a Christian and you don't know how you're positioned in Christ and you're not sure about your salvation and they come addressing a bunch of issues in your life, you're in danger. But Paul's a good minister. He's a godly minister who knows what the position in Christ means. He knows what God's grace and mercy is all about. So he makes sure he lays this foundation first okay so that what comes next will be able to be applied without fear so i just want to pray i just trust that it'd be helpful to you I do believe that's what the lord's asked me to share today and do pray for john will for next week as he just continues on this and then a the few weeks after that we'll have a few other uh, visiting speakers as well let's pray father god we thank you you for your word we thank you father that you really want to encourage us in who we are in Christ Jesus in our salvation you want to encourage us in our position as a church here in Middlesbrough. you want to encourage us you want to remind us of who we are you also want to remind us that you've already poured out and supplied every spiritual gift that is required to operate in this fellowship here in New beginnings it's within us imparted by you so father we lay down um anything that would be unhelpful father if there's any thoughts that are unhelpful that are operating in our life just now we just dismiss those in jesus name if there's anything that is not of your truth that speaks into our lives we come against that in jesus name we pray father you'd help speak and imprint this word in our hearts and minds in christ jesus so that we might stand in our appointed position here in new beginnings in Marysburg. be that holy people to preach about the good news of jesus and to see life saved i pray father just for the struggles and difficulties that folks are going through both in the hall here and online we know that you're sufficient for us in your grace we know that you're sufficient for us to bring peace and we just pray father you'll take all anxieties and help them to be cast to you, Father, in Jesus' name. We just pray for a clearing out of anything that's just holding holding us back, so to speak, from being able to just step out into the things that you've already called us to do. In Jesus' name we pray. Give me thanks. Amen.